0: All right. Hello everyone out there and welcome to episode 8 of Ruthless ST Radio. I have some new guys with me, which is an interesting and we'll get into that. But bottom line, we're back. Hooray! It's 2021. We're starting it out fresh with a new episode and I have two new co-hosts here in Evan Smoot, AJ Morrow. Guys, say hello.
1: Hey, how's, how's going? it going?
0: It is going good on this Sunday. It is Sunday, January 24th. We're a couple, We're a week out from the Daytona 24. Uh, we're, I don't know, a month or two out from starting our car season. Um, before we get into uh, what we've got planned to talk about today, why don't you guys talk about yourselves a little bit? Uh, you guys can pick who wants to go first.
1: AJ, you go ahead. and I'll have you go ahead and go first so I can finish up my below ramen. All right, sounds good, man. No rush.
2: All right. So, uh, basically, uh, my name's AJ. I've been in the car scene for quite a while. Um, I've had turbo cars. I've had supercharged cars. um, But as far as, like, doing different types of, like, autocrossing, I haven't done any autocross yet. Uh, I've done the triple nickel. I've gone on cruises and stuff. I'm a part of cruising around Dayton. So... A lot of people know me into that nature as far as in the car scene. Uh, And then back in the day, I I did a few, like, um, car clubs and stuff and went to car shows like Cruise Fest and won a lot of trophies with a few cars that I had in the past. But
0: other than that,
2: yeah, I've been in the the game for
0: a while. What do you drive now, AJ?
2: I have a 2005 Mini Cooper S. Uh, Her name's Jenny.
0: Ooh, Yes, we all name our cars <laughs>
2: yeah i was told when i bought a mini cooper that i was a uh, I was to name her so uh that was the name that i thought of so
1: yep well, is, that something that happens is. In, is that something that happens in just like the mini cooper scene because i've actually met quite a few mini cooper guys that have named their cars and they say it's like a quite like a passage you have to when you buy one i never got that really
2: yeah it, it's a mini cooper thing it's just like uh, uh this is like I when you're like right. waving at other cars, like Jeeps, wave at Jeeps, Minis, wave at Minis. You park next to a Mini. That's rule number one. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy uh, it's a crazy world to be in the uh, in the Mini Cooper, uh, <clears throat> being a part of that kind of club. I guess you would say.
0: Man, it sounds like the Focus scene. <laughs> <laughs> Evan
1: uh yeah uh my name's evan uh, i currently drive or i have two um crap boxes i'll try to keep it as pg as possible <laughs> um i got a 1991 mid species vr4 which um i'm hoping by springtime will be sent out uh to be finished uh unfortunately i've just run out of time with school and everything to do it myself um uh, I also have a 2013 Chevy Cruze that is my daily driver slash um, autocross car. Um, I did a little bit of autocrossing actually a few years ago, um, but I was never in like the SCCA or anything like that. I just kind of, you know, showed up, paid to get in, do a few runs, and that was it. Um, For a while, I was running um, some car meets here and there and, excuse me, in the Miamisburg area. Uh, eventually, when the whole meat thing kind of fell through, and now I don't know if any of you guys are uh, aware of the whole TKO BS. That these don't kids are to don't, do don't get out. me started on <laughs> Don't get me there. started on that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I've I've been in this. I've been in the car scene uh, about since I was nineteen. I'm twenty five now. Uh, currently at the University of Northwestern Ohio for. Uh, auto technician in high performance auto mechanics.
0: Jelly. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah,
1: we're gonna do a lot of you know, a lot of cool stuff. I'm still hoping um, I'm able to go to the Daytona 500 this year with my school, but That's of course it's awesome. COVID and all that crap, it's. I'd be jealous if you did that, Evan. Might not be happening this year, but one can hope. Fingers crossed. Yeah, I know I, I have
0: plans to attend the uh, the Daytona 24 next year. I'm actually, doing, awesome. I'm actually going to Sebring this year.
1: Oh, so that's awesome. Fun.
0: Um, well, thank you guys for introducing yourselves. And for those of you out there who don't already know who I am, my name is Nick Bernal. Uh, I go by the Ruthless ST if anybody sees me out and about, sees the car out and about. Uh, it is a 2014 and a half. That's kind of crucial because you go to put some parts on it and it's like, nope, it's a half. It, it doesn't work that way. okay but it's a 2014 and a half focus st uh it's an st3 package car so it's got all of the goodies the big infotainment system the the sunroof the interior mood lighting uh the full leather heated recaro seats uh which are a godsend um and it's you know kind of it's coming into its own and that kind of brings us to our next topic car build plans I'll go first since I'm already yakking. Um, this March, uh, fingers crossed I can get it in before I go um, to Sebring. Uh, but this March, um, we're, we're, we're gutting it. And what I mean by gutting it, we're putting new front mount uh, intercooler in. We're going to do some uh, Fortune Auto 500 coilovers. My first foray into a coilover setup ever. Um, and then we're also going to do some other kind of cosmetic stuff. Uh, LED fog lights. Uh, for when we go touring, we're going to put a luggage rack and a basket on top. That kind of stuff. just Make it a little easier to tour in. Um, but that's going to be the big uh, build for this year. Guys, you got anything big planned?
2: Evan, you want to go ahead? Uh, Yeah.
1: So, uh starting off the guant vr4 um like i said hopefully by springtime it's sent out um to my buddy jason to uh, go ahead and get finished um i'm hoping um you know once we get everything settled i'm hoping that car hits around 550 all-wheel horsepower um and then eventually after that i'm probably going to swap the turbo to an hx40 go a little bigger go uh, for a little bit more power um, nice, nice. the cruise, I know Ed, that, that one doesn't sound too meh, you know, the cruise on the other hand, I'm sure people that'll be listening going like this kid mods cruise, who the hell does that? Um,
0: I know a couple people with think, modded cruises, but
1: if, if you're not familiar, uh, look into ZZP and their Sonic, oh, yeah. uh, oh, currently yeah. make currently makes 417 wheel horsepower. And that's the same engine, same transmission that's in my car. Um, so basically with that being said, ZZP just dropped her cams for the car. I actually just ordered them, uh, yesterday. So whenever they get here, uh, they're going to go in the built motor that I've literally been building for this car for about a year and a half now, because that's when ZZP originally, uh, uh, told everybody that they were coming out with cams for the car. So I jumped right on it and went to go build a a motor, you know, Basically, waiting for the cams now that they're here. um, We're going to go one step further. Uh, Probably go with, like, a uh, Garrett GTX, either 2863R or a 2867R uh, Gen 2 on the car with a Morgan Performance Fabrication um, turbo manifold. Uh, And really, the... The long term goal for that car is to either be equivalent to or beat ZZP's record in their Sonic. That'd be awesome! Uh, wow. Don't know if I could, Don't know if I'll beat their uh, quarter mile time because you know Sonics are a good uh, two thousand pounds, I think. Yeah, less they don't weigh very say, much, but... They're like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. but yeah, as long as I hit four hundred seventeen or above horsepower in that car, you know, I'm I'm gonna be pretty satisfied with it.
2: Are you still rocking the same intercooler that I had on my donor Integra?
1: I am actually. um, Wow. Yeah, it's actually done really well. Um, When I do go big turbo, though, I'm probably going to go ZZP route, you know, because it's, you know, it's readily available. It's there. It's already been proven on these cars and for that horsepower. So, you know, baby steps, baby steps. Absolutely. Got to do baby steps for sure.
0: Yes. That's why I left my car stock for three years. Yep. (laughs) Then finally, uh, you know, in June, I got a reason to finally tune it. That's another story for another day. That's one. We'll take a deep dive into though, because that's a whole big debacle. Um, but we will go into that because I, I want to quell the public opinion on that, but that's not what this show is about. Not this one. Um, so as was mentioned earlier, AJ and I are moderators of uh, the Cruising Around Dayton group, uh, and I was approached uh, earlier. Uh, was like late Dece- early. I'd say early December by Julian Stapleton, who is the founder of Cruising Around Dayton, who wanted to do a road trip down to the tail of the dragon. And being that I've been the only one that's really been to that area, at least as far as I know, that wanted to actually help plan. Um, I think, AJ, you'd agree with me on that. I'm the only one that actually wanted to help plan that, that trip. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I definitely took point. Um, so what we came up with was we came up with what's called the Dragon Slayer Rally. Uh, and it's co-hosted by Cruising Around Dayton and this show, Ruthless ST Radio. Um, so we're going to kind of take a deep dive into the manual. Uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about kind of the the rules of the road. We're going to talk about uh, gear to bring. And we're going to kind of talk about the area in general. Um, so to start things off, um, the area that we are going to be going to, if, if – well, I don't know if anybody – actually doesn't know this, Um, but the area that we're going to is uh, the Robbinsville, North Carolina area, and the uh, area right at the Dragon is called Deal's Gap, Uh, and Deal's Gap basically exists because of the Dragon. The one thing I dislike about the Dragon now is because it's been publicized and on TV and, and this, that, and the other. It's a very, very crowded place to be depending on time of year, and day of the week. So the uh, pretty s- dangerous. It's pretty dangerous, too. Uh, yes, very pretty, dangerous.
1: I already cut you off. I actually uh, I didn't take any of my cars, but when me and my wife uh, went on vacation uh, this past year, we drove on it a ticket to, get to uh, where we were going, and uh, I could not believe the amount of people cutting, uh, cutting the line, cutting their apexes. It was just ridiculous,
0: to, to oh, wow. be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's bad. It's bad. Um, You see people crossing left of center all the time, and it's like, oh, wow. you don't know what's coming around that corner. Mm, that's um, dangerous. Yes, it is. Uh, which is why I kind of stressed, you know, never, ever, ever, ever cross center line because, as the saying goes, if you do it, shame on you. If you get right. hit by someone that did it, you know, you're not at fault because you didn't cross center. Right. I'd rather see somebody, as kind of weird as this sounds, I'd rather see somebody, especially from our group, get hit and have to deal with that mess than opposed to the other side of that, which is, you know, you crossing center being stupid, somebody coming around the corner and hitting you. Yeah. Because – I mean, either one of those scenarios is a bad day, right? But the oh, you yeah. the, 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 the crossing center is way worse than, say, you not crossing center and still getting hit, especially with how remote the area is, how little communication methods there are up there, and how long it can take uh, a, an EMT even to get up to you. It's a 45-minute drive. True. Yeah, it's bad. Um, so with that being said, we'll kind of jump down to, uh, the rules of the road section. Um, so, you know, we, we have the typical one, which is at all times, stay in contact with either the moderators or myself. I'm the rally master. Uh, I took on that role for this trip. Uh, rule number two in big, bold, you know, caps, uh, never, ever, ever cross the center line. Kind of what we just talked about. Yep. Uh, the lead car will set the pace. And on our loop, the lead car will likely be me. <laughs> if it's not me, it's probably going to be Julian. But because I know the route that we're doing, it's probably going to be me. And in front of me will probably be my dad. Um, And, you know, just kind of enjoy it. You know, we're, we're doing this for you guys. We, we, we're tirelessly planning and, you know, ironing out all these little minute details for you guys to enjoy it. So that, you know, um it it makes it worth it for us when we see people enjoy our our hard work. Um but we'll jump back up. So we'll we'll talk about kind of the gear that I have listed in here. Um you know, obviously before you go, you're going to want to, you know, bring up to date all of your preventative maintenance. Um, for guys that, like me that also autocross our cars, um, I typically do this at the beginning of the year. I'll have them do, regardless of miles, I'll get an oil change done, I'll get the filter changed. Uh, this year, particularly, I'm getting a uh, brake fluid flush and a trans-fluid flush done, uh, just because my car needs it. Um, but it's kind of you know, on you at that point. You know, make sure your tires are good, that kind of stuff. You yeah. know. Common sense. Um, but the big thing is, you know, once we leave Robbinsville, or if you're, you know, staying at a campsite, uh, like some of us are going to stay at uh, Simple Life Mountain Retreat, uh, once you leave that campsite, once you leave that block of Wi-Fi, that's it. There's nothing. There's no cell phone reception. No Nothing. So, it's bad. It's bad. You're, that's, you're that's on the w- grid. <laughs> pretty much. That's why it takes so long for, like, first responders to get to you on the Dragon. Wow. Because there is nothing. Not even Verizon. Oh, wow. Not even Verizon. Wow. You know, um,
1: I want to say, I think that's mainly just Tennessee and uh, North Carolina in general. Because uh, even, like, in the Bristol or, like, Raleigh area, uh, where I would usually go, yeah. there's no... Absolutely no reception there. And I, like you said, I have Verizon. There's nothing there. Yeah. Uh, it's, and usually it's just like the, uh, the locals will have it. I don't know how that works. You know, the locals will have perfectly, you know, good, perfect service, but here we are struggling to get a single bar. You know, it, I think it's just the area in general, the region.
0: Yeah. So, so with that, You're in, not wrong. so with You're that, not in, wrong. right. So, with that in mind, I have in here, you, have, you need either one of two things. Either, and, and personally I'd prefer you have both, either a CB or I am going to print several copies of, um, I, I have turn-by-turn turn, uh, PDFs from Google Maps uh, of the route both to get there. And also uh, the the actual loop itself, um, and I have I will have several printed copies of that, based on how many people need them. I would prefer you have both, but one or the other will do because the way that we're going to set up our cruise convoy, except at the Dragon, where we're going to kind of leave the Dragon kind of open because what I do for the Dragon is. Um, actually, the day that we're going down there, we'll go up it, hopefully, um, and there's a nice big parking lot at the bottom of the Dragon, it's just kind of like a pull-off, but people will, you know, groups will pull off there, and what I will have people do is, I will go first, obviously, and then the way we'll do it is in, I don't know, 30 second or minute segments, as long as there's no traffic coming, because then you want to give them time to go up. But as long as there's no traffic, you know, every 30 seconds another car peels off. And go all the way up to Deal's Gap, right at the at the top, and pull off. And then what we'll do is I will lead. And because and, and when we leave Deal's Gap, we're either doing one of two things. We're either going back to Robbinsville, in the case of, you know, Friday, or we're going because uh, NC 28, which is the other road, one of the other roads we're going on, is right there uh, at the top of Deal's Gap. So we'll either go down to Robbinsville, or if it's Saturday, we'll peel off and go down 28 to uh, Fontana Dam. That's our next stop. Um, but that's how we're going to do that. And we're going to do a lead car, a mid car, and probably a rear car, depending on how many people are going. So we'll do like me and then we'll have another moderator kind of, you know, four or five car. Basically there will be a moderator every four or five cars so that we can kind of keep the group together. That works. That's how, yeah, that's how we're going to do that. I think. Um, and, and you know, and that depends on, on how many people go and how many people are moderators that go and that kind of thing. Yeah. But but we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out kind of closer, uh, Stay tuned, because we'll have updates on that uh, throughout the prep time up to the event. The event is live on Facebook, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Uh, oh, you, yeah, for sure. Yeah, If you go to the, for, for those that don't know, if you go to the Cruising Around Dayton uh, group page on Facebook, it is a live event. It is the Dragon Slayer Rally. Please, please, please accurately RSVP, and then actually read this, because in this, I actually need you to declare what you're going to need, or what you have, either a CB or the route guide. And and that's so that I can kind of keep track of how many copies of the route guide I'm going to have to print. Because I'm going to probably have to print this in stages, depending on how many people need it. I'm going to get it professionally printed. I'm not going to do it myself, because that's six pages. That's a lot of ink. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and then also I am going to print copies of the manual just so that we have some copies of the manual floating around, too. Um... Do bring cash. I know, uh, on the route down, Julian is gonna take the ferry. So we're taking the ferry across the Ohio. Uh, and some places down there are cash only. There aren't very many of them, but it's a thing. So you wanna have probably a couple hundred bucks on you. You know, however much cash you would carry on you, usually. Um... Definitely recommend some summer style touring tires, and what I mean by that is, um, so the way that I don't know if either of you guys know how treadwear ratings work, um, but the lower the number on your treadwear rating or your UTQG, your UTGQ rating, that one, uh, the lower the number, the stickier the tire. Uh, like for example, um, all of my autocross tires are at least. 200 treadwear, so my uh, RE71Rs and my my dad's uh, AO52s are all right at that 200 treadwear mark. Um, however, when you run 200 treadwear tires, they don't last very long on the road. They're typically a 10,000 mile tire or 20,000. You know, it depends on how you drive, but you get the point. Um, so I would recommend something in the Probably 300 rare range. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Uh, everything from the Riken Raptor, uh, which is a hundred less than a hundred bucks a tire, uh, to you know Bridgestone Pirelli. They all make a tire in that bracket, or a couple different ones. Um, some of us, uh, myself included, are actually going to camp on this trip. So I mean, obviously, if you're going to camp need camping gear uh and then something i put on here that was optional but i'd still probably recommend it anyways is just a cooler in the back of your car um like when i went with my dad last year we put a cooler with some water and some tea and some you know various beverages in the back of my car because he rode his bike uh and we just you know if we stopped somewhere and we needed something to drink real quick we just you know grabbed it out of the cooler and away we went Um, we are going to stop at a couple different places. Um, there's actually a stop at a place called Cardinal Coffee, uh, which is this quaint little, little, in the middle of nowhere. looks kind of like a log cabin, uh, just kind of in the middle of nowhere on 28 in North Carolina, but it's actually a coffee shop. (laughs) And I think you guys in our group chat, I think you've seen the picture before, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, it is. It is a quaint little place. I I went last year, and we're gonna go there again. Um,
2: yeah, sounds like fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, to kind of go into our route a little bit. The the loop that we're gonna do is. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna start in Robbinsville. Uh, in that morning, we're gonna stop stop at the McDonald's, uh, aka the McShithole. <laughs> um, uh, to get everybody something to something some kind of breakfast, uh, we're gonna go from there. We're gonna go up to Deals Gap. We're gonna do the Dragon, uh, and then we're going to go to Fontana Dam, and we're gonna stop at both the bottom. So there's a little kind of like uh, kind of drive paved driveway at the bottom of Fontana Dam, and it looks up at Fontana Dam, and we're gonna stop there and get any group pictures we might want. Um, or pictures in general, we might want, and then we're gonna take a kind of a vote, and if we want to stop at the visitor, because there's actually a very nice visitor center at the top of Fontana Dam as well. Um, so, and it's basically right down the road, so we can stop there too. Uh, this is all pending COVID, because last time I was there because of COVID, uh, the visitor center and some other stuff was closed, unfortunately. Not um, yeah, right. And then uh, a little farther down the road is Cardinal Coffee. Uh, And then this is kind of where the size of the group is going to depend on what we do. So, standard... And I'm going to make this route both ways. I haven't made it the other way yet. I haven't gotten that far. Um, But depending on... Because if the group is too large, it's going to be really hard to manage. So... I can very easily cut about a hundred miles out of this loop, and it's still fun. Uh, it's still fun for everybody, but it's going to be sh- a little shorter and a little easier to manage at that point. There's less uh, turns that need to be done, that sort of thing. Um, and that decision we'll make kind of once we know how many people are going. Um, so, but as it sits now, the route's going to go. We're going to go to the uh Cherokee Indi- Indian Reserve in, in there in North Carolina and stop at Cherokee North Carolina then we're going to this is the longest probably the longest stretch without a stop uh we're gonna go from Cherokee kind of kind of take the the down and around meandery way uh over to Franklin North Carolina and that will hopefully be a lunch stop uh there's another McDonald's there there's a little bit of everything uh, that's kind of the the last bit of civilization before we hit uh, Teleco, Plains. Um, so we're going to go from Franklin. We're going to overshoot uh, the road we need to go north just a little bit. And we're going to stop at what's called the... And I'm probably butchering this pronou- pronunciation like I do every time I say this. The Osoe Whitewater Center, which uh, for those of you alive... Uh, during the 94 Olympics down in Atlanta. I don't know why they did it all the way up here uh, in Tennessee, because it's like three hours away from Atlanta. But that's where the whitewater events for the Summer Olympics that year were held. And all of the stuff is still there. The the timing clocks, the the artificial rapids, all that stuff is still kind of there to see. So we're going to go see that. And then we're going to buzz up to Teleco Plains. And then we are going to go on, we're going to take the Cherahala Skyway back into Robbinsville. And that'll be our day. That's a good solid eight or nine hours worth of driving. That's if we don't stop. So that's going to be a solid uh, day's worth of driving. I have it listed at 352 miles. And that's kind of the, the way we're going for that. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, it's gonna be some some nice scenic stuff. Uh, the Cherahala Skyway in early spring is gorgeous. The temperatures should be about perfect uh, for some nice window down top down cruising, uh, and we're just gonna go and we're gonna have a good time. So, do you guys have any uh, you guys have anything you want to add?
1: Uh, you know, I am unfortunately not going with you guys on this trip so i don't think i have any insight um uh that'll be of any help to listeners uh on this particular subject other than um like you were talking about tires and the tread wear and stuff like that earlier um i do what i'm just pointing out please don't cheap out on your tires no. okay
0: no uh, don't do that
1: yeah, cheaping out on any car part is a big no-no because um, you get what you pay for. But uh, tires is one of the most crucial things for not only uh, your car's handling but your safety as well and other safeties around or you know other people's safety around you. Uh, so you know, again, all I can say, all I can stress is, please do not cheap out on your tires, please. Or brakes.
0: Or brakes or yeah, brakes oh, are another yeah, big oh, one.
1: Oh, good one. Thank you. Thank you, AJ. I hey, you're welcome, that. Evan.
2: <laughs> Got to be able to stop. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's for sure. No, uh, big thing,
2: that was a big thing on uh, going on these cruises these past couple of years is uh, if the person behind you is going to be able to stop in time, uh, a lot of times uh, these kids, they don't usually prep very well with their brakes. And yep. as opposed to their um, their distance on how close they are, you know, yep. sometimes they want to show off and like, oh, I can do this, I got it. No, you almost ran into the back of me, dude. You might want to back up just a little bit. And then you'll have people pull off of the road, and it'd be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. The person behind me, you know, is riding riding me really, really bad, and
0: so he doesn't I... have
2: enough room to stop.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another thing. So we're going to have the, – the, we leave at the, – the, the event says we're meeting at 6 o'clock Friday morning. That is true. That's not when we're leaving. We're meeting at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're going to yes. end up leaving at about 7 because, A, that gives everybody time to get there. And B, we are going to have – and we're going to do this at the start of both Friday and Saturday. We're going to have a very, very detailed driver's meeting that says – you need to do this. You need to make sure, and that's all stuff, Evan. That's going to be covered: is following distance and that kind of stuff. Because I will not have uh, somebody ride my ass, and then I have to mash on my brakes to get into a corner, and have you know be in Tennessee and need a new rear end on my car. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I would assume I'm not going to be the only one that feels that way either. Not at all.
1: And don't feed on the dragon either. For no, what, like. You know, you could probably, you know, give it a little bit of gas here and there. Don't carry your speed in corners, please. I've seen so many pictures and videos of that happening. I don't want to see anybody that I personally know doing the same because uh, I'm just going to be quite frank with you. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to point and laugh at you because you were an idiot and you did it to yourself.
0: Well, you know, yeah. You know, in regards to that, I have a I have a rule that I live by on the Dragon: do not add to the tree of shame. Exactly, I've seen it. (laughs) And I'm gonna and I'm gonna (laughs) guess since the last time I've been there, it's probably grown. So I've I've seen pictures
2: of it. I know it's a lot of bike parts and a lot of car parts. Yes, it's just a big, huge like
0: graveyard of car parts. Yes, exactly. Mm-mm. And the only way you add to the tree of shame is by wrecking on the dragon, and you don't want to do that. Oof. Yeah,
2: People I don't have want died
0: that. on that road, so treat, treat it with respect, as I always say. So, so if you
2: can compare it to the uh, – tri- sorry if I interrupted. If you can compare it to the Triple Nickel, what difference is and what – because I've never done the the uh, the Tail of the Dragon before. So how
1: do you compare it to the Triple Nickel? So
0: I've personally yeah, never before done the Triple – do... oh, sorry. Go ahead, sorry.
1: Evan. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, before you do – before you explain what the difference is, um, AJ, could, for listeners that don't know what the triple, nickel, or the triple Nickel is, could you care to explain what that is and where it's at?
2: Yeah, the Triple Nickel is located – it starts in Zanesville, and then it uh, triggers all the way down to West Virginia. Uh, But we started in Athens, and then uh, we proceeded uh, south. So it's it's a series of turns, um, but a lot of people compare it to the Tale of the Dragon. But I've never been on the Tale of the Dragon, so – but as far as, like, catching speed, like, you can do it on the Nickel, so I wasn't sure if the tail of the dragon was going to be the same because I I've I've seen videos and uh, YouTube uh, like documentaries on the uh, tail of the dragon and I've I've heard that you know you can you can get speed on there and stuff but you know you don't want to go like too crazy or anything like that but as opposed to staying on your side of the road absolutely.
0: So I've not been on the triple nickel myself. But my dad really? has. Yeah, it's, I've never done the triple nickel.
2: It's it's a lot of fun, um, you know. They got they got a highest point where you can pull off to the side of the road and you can like uh, video other people. Uh, they repaved it actually, so we got pretty lucky. Um, they had one side of the uh, of the nickel paved, and then the other side was still still just like the regular orange, yeah. uh, part of the road. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but it was fun. Uh, but a lot of people compare it to the uh, tale of the dragon, so. Like, being on the Dragon, I, I've never been on it before, but, you know, I just thought I'd kind of throw that out there and
1: see what the difference is. So, the... I'm actually going to, while, while we're talking about this, I'm going to get on the phone and look up, um, a route of both the Triple Nickel and the Tail of the Dragon, and uh, maybe we can get a decent, um, maybe we can get a decent, uh, comparison here yeah that works. so you guys go ahead and i'm gonna go ahead and look at this
0: real quick. Sure. quick. Yeah, so from what i know the triple nickel is well it's more than 11 miles if i'm not mistaken it is it's yeah. quite a bit so the the biggest thing is that you're gonna take say all of those curves on the triple nickel and you're gonna cram them into 11 miles and you still might not have enough curves so there's 300 turns 300, and 11 miles. 318,
1: yes. Wow. Yes, you yeah. have... Okay, so you have 318 curve, yes. 318 curves and 11 miles is what I'm seeing right here. Yeah. On the Tail the Dragon map. Uh, I'm going to wind up looking triple nickel, but looking at this map, um, it appears to me that you might have, you know, a few straight areas. Um... You might, you know, it, it looks like you have a few straight areas where you could pick up some speed, um, but, but you're I'm not going to be
0: holding it for very long, right? Okay. Right.
1: And I'm also, I'm also seeing a lot of S's in here too, um, yes. like very sharp S's. So I don't, I don't imagine people probably getting over, I'd say, 60 miles per hour on this road, and that's gen- that's being generous. Uh, you know, maybe you, you'll have the occasional Corvette or Camaro that. Tries his luck and uh, reaches, I don't know, eighty before he has to slow down to hit a turn. But uh, to be quite fair, I don't, I just don't see it being possible to go any faster than that safely.
0: Yeah, I, I typically only will do up to about sixty, and even then, I'm only going to hold it for maybe thirty seconds before I have to, to break and then set for the next either turn or series of turns on the dragon. I, I, I and this is the the racer in me, right? This is so I li- I liken the dragon to an autocross course, a very yep. narrow autocross course, um, and I drive it as such. Um, should I? I should probably tone it down just a little bit on the speed, but as far as because you have to look as far ahead as you can to be able to see what's coming. Um, and it's, it's very, it, it's honestly, it's dark in some places because of all the tree cover.
1: Uh, now AJ, was the triple nickel, is that on route 555 from Chester Hill to Little Hawking? Yes. Okay. So now this is just me comparing the maps and Nick, I'll actually send these to you on Facebook so you can compare them as well. Um, say this Ohio, uh, the, uh, triple nickel on state route 555 um looks to be a heck of a lot of a it looks more of a straight shot than uh tale of the dragon um yeah now granted I, there are turns in here and you can see that but realistically um I mean, hell you could just look at the two maps and you could tell which one is the more serious contender there um yeah you know to be honest looking at the maps the triple nickel not taking anything away from it, but the, trickle, the triple nickel doesn't look anywhere near as intimidating as what the dragon would be. Yeah,
0: the the dragon, if you're not careful, is a uh, well it can kill you. So yes,
1: I'm sure yeah. I'm and I'm sure the triple nickel, triple nickel can too. But
0: right, yeah, uh, and that's what I was about to say.
1: Does not look anywhere like I said anywhere as uh, menacing as say uh, the. The tail of the dragon.
2: Are the and, houses and stuff like n- close to the, the road on the nickel or on the uh, dragon? There are no houses on it. So, okay, so.
0: Between the bottom and Deal's Gap, there is nothing.
2: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That's the difference between the nickel. There's houses and buildings like right next to where you're like driving and stuff. Like you got upsies and downs and lefts and rights, real sharp S turns. Yeah. But yeah, it's.
0: So, and, and for those of you guys that are listening, we're not trying to uh, discourage you from coming with us. No, we want you to come with us. What we're trying to convey, and I hope what we're conveying, is that uh, if you're not careful, you will end up in some seriously bad juju. That's all we're trying to say. We're, all we're trying to say is, guys, do this carefully. That's all we're saying.
2: Yep. Have fun doing it. Just, you know, don't get too crazy.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Safety is number one.
0: Correct. Correct. And that's, again, that's why I advocate having a CB in the car. That way, A, you can talk to us, period, because I'm guessing we'll be doing some kind of conversation while we're, while we're doing this. Um, but it's also so that you can say, hey, because there's chances that we're going to be spread out enough that you may not see the car in front of you. Or you may not see the car behind you. And that's kind of what I'd like to have happen. Um, but, you know, we want to be able to get to the point where we can say, Hey, we're, we're having issues. And somebody will be able to stop and, and help with what we can help with. Um, so, that kind of did that. Uh, that kind of covered the rally. And we'll cover it more. Uh, we'll cover it more. We are going to try and do... Uh, AJ and I will probably try and do a uh, on on scene on location show from at least my campsite. AJ, I don't know what your plans are for that, but I'm camping. Um, oh, you're, you're camping out. Oh, no. I even am.
1: Though even do though I... I'll be up here, I'll try to jump on. So let me know, you know, when when you guys do plan on doing it. Even though I'm up here, I'll jump on. Ask out. How it's
0: going Of course. Yeah, we're going to do it uh Saturday night. Is the plan I have for that. We're going to do a on-location show because conveniently the campground I have or that I'm going to stay at, which is the same one that uh Julian's going to stay at. He's going to do a cabin at Simple Life and I'm going to I'm going to be roughing it in tent camping. Um
2: Yeah, I'll be in the cabin. I'm not really much <laughs> of a <laughs> tent guy or Yeah, a
0: I I love camping. I love tent camping. I love camping in general, but camping for me is uh, usually in a tent doesn't usually in, I mean don't get me wrong a nice cabin every once in a while uh, depending on the location is great but yeah. if I can pitch a tent I'm gonna do that there you go so I'm gonna have my I, uh, tent and my nice screen room that we're gonna get for seabring and I'm gonna have me a nice like home set up with a living room and it's gonna be nice <laughs> I,
1: gonna say, I, I agree with the uh, tent camping but with the the um, if I were to have gone with you guys, but with the uh, area that you guys will be in, uh, tent camping would be a no-go for me, because it'd just be my luck that I'd run into a bear or something eating out there.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So kind of a move. Go ahead.
1: Stay in the cabin. What's that? I said, smart move, AJ. Stay in the cabin.
0: Yeah, stay in the cabin for <laughs> sure. <laughs> stay away from the bears. <laughs> yep, yep. so kind of moving on from that we're gonna kind of preview kind of what we've got coming up as a show and kind of what other plans we are uh we're gonna do for the car season um so obviously we'll start with mine um i don't know my whole autocross schedule yet um but i do know the big events that i'm gonna do Uh, i'm gonna try and Hopefully, at some point, either go to the Bristol or Atlanta Pro Solo. That's going to be kind of hard because just because of the distance, I'd have to go for that one. Um, but closer to home, um, you know, in the past y- couple years, uh, I discovered what's called the Optima Drive Auto X series, and the premise on that is actually really cool um basically uh lots of runs plus no working equals happy camper that's essentially the premise of the series that's why it exists um so for example for me uh, even when I co-drive with my dad which I did uh, last year because of my debacle um we still got over a day and a half we still got 12 or 13 runs a piece and to give you an idea, a typical regional event, you get six. Six or seven, if you're lucky. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's really nice. It costs a little more, sure. Uh, it costs $150 as opposed to $35. But, you know, they bring the Optima trucks out. Uh, they bring in the local uh, Formula SAE teams. Uh, Evan probably knows something about that series. Um, and they make a sizable donation to the uh, FSAE teams of the particular college. So, um, for example, when they do Traders World in, I believe it's June, um, they bring in the uh, Cincinnati, the U, the UC uh, FSAE team, and they give them a very sizable chunk of the uh, 150 dollar entry fee, um, from the event, and it goes to a donation for that. Yeah, Optima Two is the Cincy event, which is June 26 through 27. Um, so I'm gonna try and do three of those. Uh, there's one down at uh, NCM Motorsports Park, which is the National Corvette Museum. There's the one in Cincinnati, and then there's also one, and this is the f- the first one that we had ever done, was out at this particular venue, was out at, um, it's called Grissom uh, Air Force Reserve Base, uh, which is basically an old B-52 base uh, in Indiana, north of Indy. Uh, and it's actually where Indy SCCA does all of their, or some of their, regional events as well. Uh, but it's nice, it's airport tarmac. What was that, Evan? I'm
1: sorry. You said this is Optima Drive Auto X? Yes. Okay. So... I'm actually looking right now as we're talking about it.
0: Yeah, so if you go to uh, driveautox.com, that is their website. Um, and it's really nice. Typically, they'll do uh, a hosted dinner, uh, and they'll do – they do do trophies. They, they have this thing, so you qualify – And then if you qualify, you get into what's called the pursuit round, which is kind of cool, because what they do is they take the course, they mirror it, kind of like a pro solo, but you start in opposite directions. And you go in opposite directions, you pass each other at the start-finish line, do the other end of the course, and then whoever completes the lap first wins. Yeah, it's really cool. And then, uh, you know, that kind of sets... Uh, who wins the class. it's, it's really, it's honestly, it's really cool to see. Um, but I'm doing, hopefully going to do three of those. And there's generally one of those every month of my summer. Um, and then in between those, you know, I'll go to a couple different, uh, regional events. So I'll do, I'm going to do one or two Cincy regionals just so I can run the, run the, the surface. Uh, because like I said, I'm gonna have a brand new setup, so I, I'm gonna have to try and learn how to adjust or, or what adjustments rather work for my coilovers. So there's gonna be a lot of a lot more research and development than what um what my dad did for his new setup last year. Uh, he went to Coney Yellow's last year on his Corvette. Uh, Those are not. They're nice. Yes. Um. And that's when we did the we swapped A.O. 52s. We did. Uh, we put in a new. I want. Yeah. We put in a new mm. front sway bar. We swapped from the Johnny O'Connell tuned uh, front sway bar to the Strano front bar. Uh, and Sam Strano, for those that don't know, is probably one of the best autocrossers. Probably the third or fourth best autocrosser on this side of the Mississippi. And he usually frequents these Optima events, so that'll be fun. Um, and he just knows a lot about a lot. He's uh, raced everything from hell. He even had a ST at one point, a Focus ST, and did Focus oh, wow. ST stuff. Yeah, but he he's big in the in the Corvette stuff. Uh, he he's done C eight C sevens. Um, then there's Paul Curley. Uh, usually goes to. The Cincy event, I think he went last year. Last year was the first year they had it at Cincy, which was really nice. Um, and then um, Danny Pop is another one of the best autocrossers on this side of the, the Mississippi. He frequents uh, Cincinnati quite often. Cincinnati is usually the more competitive region. Uh, if you're a Corvette guy, if you're a guy, if you're a Corvette guy or uh, uh, Cam, which is classic American muscle. Which is basically uh, super Corvettes, uh, super Camaros, that kind of thing. Um, and then there, there's Little Old War up at Killcare. Uh, I'll probably do a couple of those. I don't personally like Killcare because we use the oval track with the, the figure eight insert and we lay cones. Oh, yeah. And, and we go. Well, the problem with Killcare. There's a nice big white ring around the outside of the oval yes and 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 it can end badly if you uh, approach that the wrong way um,
2: I know what you're talking about I've actually uh, been a buddy of mine's drift car actually a couple drift cars going around there and yeah it can be treacherous
0: yeah yeah so we yeah. we, we I
1: don't know, frequent... I know about it too so uh... oh, go ahead I'm sorry
0: we don't frequent there quite as much. Um, but we do like to do a couple of those that that's actually my home area is war just because of where I live. Yeah. Um, but y- you were saying Evan, I'm sorry.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I actually know exactly what you guys are talking about as well. Um, something I haven't gotten to discuss, uh, yet, um, you know, eventually we can discuss this, on uh, another, another show, another recording, uh. There for a while, I used to run uh, street stocks before I really got into um, actual street cars um, and like street cars. And uh, we used to run at Killcare quite a bit. Um, I actually started for my stepdad, who uh, was out for heart surgery when I was fifteen, and I actually uh, (laughs) um, met—I actually met my car, and that had met my very first race, and uh, we the car up bad and it cost me uh, myself a lot of money. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, i <laughs> I learned with that one uh, that one little mishap. It never happened again. Uh, I don't plan on having it happen again. But you know, as you know, uh, shit happens. Anything <laughs> could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it does. But also the thing with kill care and you know, like I said, it had, It's been a while since I was uh, running street stocks you know so i'm sure the track has changed but kill care is just not a smooth no, track in general it's that's not very um per, honestly a perfect example of it is if you know some of these ohio people uh that are listening uh just go on your back roads and hit a few potholes and that's exactly what um
0: feels like. he's not wrong he's not wrong
1: and i I have no idea how these drift guys go out there and slide around on that stuff. I don't know yeah. either.
0: I, yeah, I really don't know either.
2: Yeah, it always uh it was a mystery to me. I'm like, man, it's like it's so bad. Like yeah, I don't sure. know if you guys ever went down the drag strip like back in the day. I mean the prep just sucked.
0: I yeah. I've never been down the drag strip.
1: So I have. Um you know if we're talking if we're talking a drag strip from Kilcara's compared to like Edgewater, I would much rather prefer Killcare. Um, the problem with Killcare and supposedly for the people I have talked to, uh, this has changed, but they used to, um, overly prep their track. Um, basically like any rear wheel drive or all wheel drive car that's going to launch their car at the track, uh, get ready to break, uh, either an axle drive shaft, both. Um, as to where if you go down to Edgewater, uh, just hold on for dear life because they hardly <laughs> prep that track at all. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I know there's quite a few people out there that uh, have a personal vendetta against Edgewater. I don't quite understand that in itself. You go but, downhill, don't you? Uh, for the drag strip, uh, I wouldn't say you're downhill. Um, it's down in a – it's down in – in a, uh, in a valley, and it's mm-hmm. actually right next to a uh, river that floods all the time, and oh. all that mud and dirt from the river gets on the track. They don't go out and properly clean it. They don't prep over top of it. Uh, it gets bad. you know. It, probably the first few months at Edgewater before you know, it gets really wet and starts raining and flooding, uh, the track's decent. Uh, but you know, after that first flood, and it gets all dusty, and they don't clean it up, it's that's where it's very iffy um, to even take, a uh, your daily driver down there and on the track. You know, uh, <laughs> have oh. a thousand horsepower Fox body or something that you're actually street or actually racing on. um God, I could only imagine uh, and actually I want to say that it was uh, two or three years ago there was a really high horsepower fox body uh, that crashed um, I think it was past the eighth mile mark and the reason it happened was he just started losing control um, you know there towards the uh, towards the finish line because it was so dusty it was not prepped it wasn't clean and uh, he totaled the car and that was I remember that uh, went around Facebook for uh, quite a few months. Um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I think that is actually where the personal vendetta that some people have against this track mm-hmm. uh, comes from. Um, it, it's not it. It's not a. It's not the best. I, I will say this, uh, or I will say that. Uh, I've been to uh, a few drag strips in like Indianapolis area. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are those are so much better so much yeah. better yeah. I don't know if it's just because Indianapolis itself is a huge motorsport city
2: O'Reilly Raceway park yep
1: yeah yeah and they just they just keep really good track of their um, of the racetracks or the drag strips they keep really good care of them I don't like I said I don't know if it's because Indianapolis is a very big motorsport city and these guys uh want the best, I you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But, uh, you know, if we've got any drag racers here, I would highly suggest hitting up uh, still Care if you're local, you know, over Edgewater. But uh, make the drive sometime. Go out to Indianapolis. Find yourself a nice um, drag strip. And give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. I personally have never been on drag strips over in the Indiana area. I've just gone to watch, but from, you know, you can tell, you know, even oh, being yeah. a spectator, tell what track is good, what tracks, absolute garbage. Um, you know, so if we have, if, like I said, if any of our listeners uh, get a chance to go after sometime, run it, let me know how it is. I might take the VR four down there sometime, you know, probably not this year, but next year, or whenever all this COVID crap finally goes away. You know. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah.
0: But, uh, so kind of, kind of segueing into that, we're gonna talk about kind of what we've got coming up in the next couple weeks here on the show. Um, for those of you that are past listeners, uh, you'll remember that I did a, I wanna say it was a two, two, two episode series on, uh, intro to autocross. Well, we're gonna give that a redo. Uh, I didn't necessarily like how that, um went uh, mainly because it was me talking to myself for 30 minutes um yeah which if you're doing a podcast talking to yourself kind of is horrible boring (laughs) yes it's very boring so now that i got these two guys uh i think it's gonna go a lot better so we're gonna redo that uh and
1: auto x would be very good for listeners too that are wanting to get into uh the sport or at least have been thinking about it Um, you know, for me, for example, like I said earlier, I had done a few, um, you know, a few auto X events quite a few years ago. Um, and that was the last time I had done it or Mm -hmm. I did it. And, um, to be honest with you, I feel like I have, I personally have a lot of rust and, uh, to be quite honest as well. I forget a lot of the things that I did learn, uh, those few times that I did run, so I think personally, an auto X intro, um, whether it be you know one episode or three episodes, I think it'd be good for a lot of listeners. Um, like I said, who are wanting or have an interest of getting into that type of auto racing. Uh, I know I still have a lot of questions that I've been bugging you about, Nick, um, and I'm sure we could. I'm sure you know while we're talking, I could ask a few questions, and I'm sure that'll answer other people's questions as well. So I think that's definitely not a bad idea to do.
0: Well, and that kind of brings me to my next point with that. That's actually kind of how we're going to run it. I mean, I'm going to run, I'm going to run like a discussion, like I'm going to make talking points like I did for this show. I do that for every show. But we're going to kind of run that as kind of a question and answer session just because I feel that's going to be better because like I know what I'm talking about, right? So, maybe if you guys have some questions, if any of you guys out there listening have questions, definitely hit me up on Twitter, at now. hit me up on Facebook, Uh, hit these two guys up on Facebook, ask us questions that we can put in the show and get answered. Um, I will say this right now, I typically am not great at classing individual cars, so try and refrain from that. Uh, I can refer you to people that can. Um, but like, you know, what you do at an event, um, there's, there's tons and tons of just theory that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about kind of what to do, you know, what research to do before you go to an event, what research, and, you know, what to do at an event. And then we're going to also, we're going to do kind of the same thing I had in mind the last time. We're going to probably break this up into three episodes. So we're going to do, uh, getting started which is before the event, at the track, which is at the event, and then post race reflection. Um and, and that's gonna kinda be three different episodes that are kinda kinda they're gonna segue into each other, obviously. But by doing it that way and doing it kinda as of like a question and answer show type deal with guided talking points, I think we'll be able to cover a lot of not only how to get into the sport but kind of, you know, what to do, who to talk to, that kind of thing. Um, we're gonna go at this like uh, like you've never gone to an event before. So, then I think that'll be a good way to to run that. Um, go ahead.
1: I don't know. I, I was I was just agreeing with you. I I apologize. I apologize if it seems like I'm cutting you off at times. I think there's a slight delay between uh, all of our. Um, either computers or, or cellular devices that we're Yeah, using. there
0: probably so is. I'm not I too about worried about it.
1: Cutting you off. But no, I was agreeing with you. Um, I think that sounds like a very good idea. Like I said, I still have questions. Um, you know. Uh, sure. And, you know, I'll try to save some of them for the show. Um, I'm sure I'll wind up bugging you in uh, Facebook Messenger about it too. So. Hey, hey, save no here.
0: problem. <laughs> and yeah, I will say yeah. this too. Um I won't do it for Optima events, cause I've got a couple guys that want to drive with me at Optima events. But if I'm doing a, a regional event, doesn't matter if it's a a war, I, I plan on doing maybe a couple OVR if I can get over there to Columbus and do a couple of those, uh, or or my Cincy regionals. If you guys want to co-drive the car, let me know, and uh, we'll go we'll go drive we'll go do an event. I don't mind letting. Now that my debacle happened, I really don't care who drives my car. Um, <laughs> well, because the original engine's not in it, so... Right. You know, if it blows up, well, then somebody's got to pay up the 500 bucks for a new motor. But there you go. But <laughs> that's the, kind of the nice thing about the 2L EcoBoost. It was in the Escape, the Fusion, uh, the Focus. It was in a lot of different stuff, so engines are pretty easy to come by. Um... Yeah, you know,
1: know, I'm hoping to hit up, uh, maybe not all, but, uh, you know, a good bit of the same events that you're trying to uh, mm -hmm. up as well this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because like I said, I don't want to be the only one there by myself, uh, not knowing who to talk to, uh, not what I'm necessarily doing. Um, So, you know, as I said in like Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, once you find out a good overall schedule for yourself, uh, especially with these regional events, Let me know. Um,
0: I will do that. Definitely the regional events are the ones that I'm waiting on.
1: Yes, yeah. I personally have been waiting for uh, OVR, although I did, and I don't know if you've seen this yet. Have you seen the track day that was already set up for, I believe it was Putnam Raceway?
0: It was, and I'm still on the fence about doing that um, because here's why. And we'll kind of go into this, you know, we'll go into this in a little more detail when we talk about um, what, uh, next week, actually, when we get into the getting started portion of uh, autocross, and, and we'll go into how to prep the car. But when you start doing track days, that's a completely you, – you have to prep more than an autocross. So I don't necessarily know if I will do that, um, but I'm not saying you can't. Oh, I, know, no, no, I know, I know some people that are definitely going to go. Um, yeah, but I don't so know if I, I might, will personally go.
1: I myself, uh, I might, I might go just so, uh, that's just one extra thing. I'm getting my feet wet in at sure. this time, um, you know, and this will be my first time at an actual track. That, well, correction. I was, I went to uh, mid Ohio a few years ago. Um, but this will be my first time on like say Putnam. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's not like I'm going to go balls to the wall with this thing. I'm going to go very easy. Um, right. Whoever, whoever's trying to pass me, they're going to go right ahead. I'm going to give mm. them the wave by. Um, you know, so you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, but uh, you know, like I said, for me, like it, it, it interests me um, to a point to where I actually may go to that. Uh, like I said, just to get some, you know, my feet wet talk to other guys, get some pointers. Yep. And then maybe next year we go out there and we give it all we got. Yeah,
0: yeah. And and so they're going to run that like an SCCA track day. So they're going to have like a a novice and an intermediate and advanced group. So, you know, they'll break it up into uh, different groups based on experience. But, again, I I don't know if I want to prep my car for that yet Um, because I don't have a, a, a track car. I just have my my focus, which is my I gotta drive it to work Monday morning, so <laughs> you know that, that. So I I haven't personally decided if I'm doing that yet. I'm leaning towards not, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get some tire and brake sponsors that can help me out with that. Um, but you know, until then, probably not. What kind of
1: brake options are out there for uh, UST guys because I know for a lot of cars. Like for example, my uh, my Glant VR4. Mm -hmm. um, I did did the Evo Nine Brembo swap on it. Mm -hmm. Um, For like instance, the cruise. um, There's what I call the poor man's Brembo kit, which is literally you take Brembos off of a Cadillac uh, ATS. Um you take the calibers from the ATS and then you go get rotors from, I think it's the Buick Cascada. Um, and all of those literally bolt right up to the cruise or yep. Sonic. And, uh, it's actually, uh, I've ridden in a Sonic that had what I call the poor man's Brimbo on it. And, uh, believe it or not, they were really nice. because uh, I've, I've ridden in cars, with big Brimbo kits and, uh, you know, some, Sometimes I'm sure you'll understand this, Nick. But sometimes people will go overboard on their brake kits, mm-hmm. and it's just a mess. You mm-hmm. go and tap the brakes, and you're locking them up. Yep. Or uh, you go and put the brake pedal to the floor, and they're not—they're not there. Uh, so you know. And I'm sorry to get off topic, but no. What, know, what kind of brake options are out there for UST guys?
0: So for for the ST, um, the the big brake kit. Right? You can do uh, RS front brakes, which are Brembos, um, so you can, and all that stuff will bolt right up because it's a focus. Um, I would imagine I could also do RS rear Brembos, but I've not really seen that done. Me personally, uh, with what I do with the car, I don't need a big, big brake kit yet. Um, so I'm going to – that's another – part of my build that i'm doing this year i'm swapping out all of my pads because the rear rotors need done anyways um but i'm swapping out all of my pads for uh, hawk uh, hp pluses i want to say they're either the 5.0 plus or the hp i think it's, they're called the hp plus which is a, a better than stock pad and then I'm going to do a fluid flush, and it's going to get, um, I believe, RBF 600 uh, Motul uh, fl- brake fluid. And I think that's what I think that's what my brake kit is going to be this year. Um, but as far, but there's there's a plethora of options. There's a lot of a lot. Most of the the guys that want big big brake kits will go and get the RS um, front brakes. And put RS front brakes, uh, rotors, and calipers on there.
1: Um, being being an OEM uh, option on the car too, I'm sure those uh, Focus RS brake kits aren't going to be super overbearing for the car
0: either. No, no, they're not, uh, and that's an, that's another reason why guys like them, because uh, they're, right. they're 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 uh, they're a little cheaper than oh. doing like a Wilwood big brake kit. Uh, Will Wood makes a right. kit for that and a couple other manufacturers do. Um, but the R S, the OEM R S Brembos are a really nice option. Um, and we'll go we'll go into that kind of stuff next week too. Um, but to kinda bring us back, right? So like like I said earlier in the show when we were talking about the rally, we are gonna do a on location show from Uh, My campsite, probably. I will just sit in my nice little sealed screen room and do a show. Um, I'm probably going to do some kind of... Because I am going to the 12 Hours of Sebring, so I'm probably going to do some kind of Sebring coverage. I don't know what form that's going to take yet, whether I'm just going to do a quick monologue and throw it up on on the website or how that's going to work yet. Uh, I'm still working out kind of the logistics and kind of stuff for that. Um, and then, you know, as far as, like, because I'm going to go to IA down in Bowling Green uh, this year, hopefully. Uh, kind of stuff like that. We might do some on-location stuff for that. Um, it just depends what we do, uh, for this year. But that was kind of a, kind of an overall kind of preview of our, of our 21, uh, of our 2021 car season. Um... Do you guys have anything to add before we sign off? I did see the import face-offs on there. Uh, do that? Is it still a go? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. Um, okay. I usually go to like last year. I went with the guys from Troy, and we went out to um, National Trail. This is the one we went okay. to. Okay. Um, but so I don't know uh, if I'm going to do that. But I definitely want to do Import Alliance again. Um, yeah, I've been wanting to do green. those for years. The IA, IA was fun. IA yeah. was
1: fun. DJ, uh, what's your plans for this year? You Do you plan on trying to get into autocross or uh, yeah. any type of? Yeah, that's track one of my main day? goals.
2: I want to do autocross. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to get out to Mid Ohio. I think that would be yeah. pretty
1: sweet. You know, to be honest, uh, me personally, uh, that was granted, that was the only track I've actually driven on. Um, you know, that wasn't the circle track. Uh, but honestly, that was a very, very well put together track. I don't, uh, it's hard to explain. It's just, it's such a smooth track, smooth transitions out of oh, the yeah. corner. Um, I think you'd like it. If you do get out there sometime, I really think you would like Mid-Ohio.
2: Been there a couple times for the uh, Honda Indy 200. So yes. I'm pretty
1: familiar with the track. It's, it's pretty awesome. As I was the very first time I went was for the NASCAR Xfinity Series race, um, and that was actually I, I actually I think, went
0: to that as well.
1: Nice. You know, I, I think the year after is when I decided to go to that track day, and you no, know, I didn't drive on it a whole bunch. You know, I think I made, uh, I don't know, I think I maybe went on there like a total of three or four times throughout the whole day. Yeah. Uh, and did like I said, didn't do much. Um, you know, can't really do much at the time with. Uh, basically a stock cruise you know that was before i started modifying or getting way too far into it <laughs> yeah uh, people listening if you get a chevy cruise or chevy sonic um unless you actually have the money to do so don't mod it just keep it a nice commuter car mm-hmm. the love of god i go through so much gas so much parts it's just so unnecessary i love it personally don't do it <laughs> wouldn't recommend it to anybody huh you're not getting a cobalt super sport okay so don't get this car thinking to yourself oh my god it's gonna be a it's a sports car no
0: no No, it's a commuter car i I really that's just like the focus it's a sporty if my st is a sporty focus that's all yeah
1: yes people wouldn't believe the amount of money I've actually had to put into the car just to reach about 212 horsepower. Really? Granted, yeah. Oh, now granted, our stock is 138 crank. Uh, you take away drivetrain, that's why well, anywhere between 115 to 120 horsepower. Oh, so, you know, I've got a really good increase uh, out of it. But it, gosh, I've actually probably and granted my VR4 is not done yet. Uh, but I've probably put less money into that VR4 to get approximately about 550 all-wheel horsepower uh, than what I have in the Cruise to get 212.
2: DSMs are really nice.
1: Yes, you know, it's, it's literally just you know maybe a thousand CC injectors and a 300,000-mile whole set off a of Cummins yep. truck, you're good to go. And their
2: secrets secrets to gaining boost. I heard you can shave the wastegate and get more
1: power. Yeah. You know, I'm not too familiar. Those are more of old school uh, tricks around it. Um, Now that, you know, kind of the DSM and BR4 community is dying slowly because these cars are just becoming more and more rare every day. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they have been around since the 90s and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of a lot of parts a lot of companies have come a long way to make um you know making power out of these cars a heck of a lot easier and you know to top it all off it's not bad having a 4g63 you know right that's that's always a plus but yeah yeah you know and and I wish people would understand like the motor that I have sitting on the stand for the cruise. That was just ridiculous amounts of money uh, just to build it. So I could hit around 400 horsepower eventually mm-hmm. as to where VR four is a fully stock block and I'm going to have no issues getting to 600 horsepower. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, if we have any new listeners on here that are trying to get into the car world, uh, do your research, do yes. your research. Um, my suggestion, if you're getting, if you're fresh into this, get yourself a Honda that you can boost, uh, that you can learn on. They are probably, I, I know people probably hate hearing this, but those are probably the best beginner cars anybody can get getting into the scene. Hands uh, down, I,
2: I agree. I, I can vouch. I had a Turbo Honda. Well, you know that
1: because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a, a boosted E15B, and uh, you know, yep. for my first car. And God, that thing was a riot. Even even though it made, well, I don't even know what it made. I would assume it made maybe like close to three hundred horsepower. Yeah. Uh, you know, but for how light those cars are and mm-hmm. how easy it is to get power out of it, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's cheap. So,
2: it's not very expensive.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know, as to where this, like I said, kiddos, don't get a cruiser Sonic thinking you're going to be fast uh, without a lot of money. Just, yeah. just don't. Yeah. not gonna happen
0: not you're gonna have a nice car don't get me wrong but
1: yeah, yeah I'm an happen. idiot I did to do it you know there was other guys out in the community uh, and I'll talk about this more when we ever get a chance but you know I've been pretty big in their community since about 2013 2014 so it's been a little bit easier for me than others because I do have... Uh, I have really good ties. Like, I'm good friends with Al at ZZP. Um, I'm good friends with uh, Jerry Kenny, who is actually my tuner at Bad News Racing. Uh, and they do really good tunes for the Cruise and Sonic. Um, granted, I would also suggest ZZP because ZZP is a no brainer. They just hit 400 horsepower.
0: Right. Oh, so, right. uh, yeah.
1: You know, so for me, it's been a little easier for me to, uh, you know, Get where I'm at as to where, you know, compared to others because they don't have uh, those people that help them constantly or back them. I mean, they, you know, I couldn't, can't, I can't even count uh, for how many uh, guys in the community have just randomly sent me stuff with, with free of charge to try, either try or uh, because I needed it because something blew, like, for example, the other week my uh, throttle body went out. I posted it on Facebook and uh, about three or four days later, I come home from school, there's a package on my front door and there is a ported throttle body from um, Tim Novak, which has a lot of porting for uh, the cars as well, or the cruises and Sonics. So, you know, it, it was just crazy. It's crazy. The community's great. Yeah. I will say that, but oh, yeah. you know, getting the power out of those cars is a pain.
0: So, well, awesome guys. I, I I'd have to say that was a great first show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh hopefully next one we're a little bit more. Uh, well, not you per se, but like me and AJ, we're a little bit, little bit more comfortable and uh, broken in. So uh, yeah, you know, we can get <laughs> definitely get a lot more talking in. Yeah. Uh, I personally know AJ. I've known AJ for. How long have we known each other, AJ? A few years now, right? Yeah, it's been a couple of years. You're—he's you're a, a big talker, guys. He hasn't talked much today, but he's a big talker. So yes, you know, I am. <laughs> like I said, you know, the more comfortable we get, the more broken into this, we get. You know, I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun on these shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, for AJ Morrow and Evan Smoot, this is Nick Bernal signing off for the Ruthless St Radio Podcast. Like I said earlier, be sure to hit me up on Twitter at NBernow or on Facebook. Uh, Make sure to hit these guys up on Facebook, and we will see you all next week. Have a good one.